So, have you ever done anything like this before? Like a podcast? Yeah. No. Well, I've gone on TV. Okay. Ages ago. I was on the radio once. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, you're going to be a pro at this. <laughs> All right. Any questions before we get started? No. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not that I can think of. Okay. So, just like... Uh, 30, 40 minutes max, kind okay. of thing. It won't take too much of your time. Okay, sure. But basically, um, the main focus of the podcast is on uh, mental health, emotional health, stuff like that. Yes. Um, so we'll dip a, a bit into that, but also want to get just an understanding on who you are, what you do okay. for your practice, and then finally kind of what you're bringing to the retreat, the wellness retreat, and what you're going to be presenting there, kind of give us an idea on okay. what that'll look like as well. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> no. All right. So it's up to you. You can sit closer if you want, or you can sure. um, <laughs> lean right back. Totally whatever sure. you most comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Get right in there. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very relaxed. Yeah, sure. No problem. And... The podcast is always marked explicit, so you're welcome to say whatever you like. So I can swear? Yes, you can swear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll start us off. Welcome, everyone, to the Five Elements of Letting Go. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and with me today is Anna McGarvey, and she's the gut nerd, the holistic nutrition and fitness uh, expert. Now, you've, you've, you were a fitness instructor for 17 years. Yes. And then... You've been studying at the, the Canadian School of National Nutrition now, and your focus uh, is on the gut and gut health. That will be my focus, yes, okay. or is, uh -huh. but in my future practice, that will be my main focus, yes. Okay. Yep. And so currently you do uh, online strength training, fitness training stuff. Yes. You do uh, um, kind of online programs for people and do coaching online? Yeah, I do classes. So I do uh, live, of course, strength classes. Um, they're geared towards uh, women, uh, usually in the perimenopause menopause stage. It's basically mainly strength-based, a little bit of cardio in there, mainly strength. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so it's a group class. So I show up, whoever's there, we do our workout, I record it so that any other uh, members that can't attend that class always have access to replays. Okay. Yeah. So is this something you've always done or is this a COVID transition? It, it's a COVID transition. I used to work at, well, before that I used to teach fitness classes, then I had children, then we moved. So I never really went back to teaching. And then, again, we moved to Oak Tokes. I got a job at Nine Rounds. So I was a trainer there. And then COVID hit. And then um, it eventually, you know, the it opened, it closed, it opened, it closed. It then eventually couldn't open again. And then I just thought, well, you know, what could I do? Oh, I know how to do this. I'll see how the uh, online strength goes, if, any, if there's any interest. And there has been, so... Slowly but surely, hopefully I'll uh, get more people. 
Excellent. Yeah, I enjoy it. That's good. And then now you're doing a lot of uh, nutrition and all of that training? Currently, I'm in school. Mm-hmm. So I'm in school at the Canadian um, School of Natural Nutrition. I'm taking their three-year diploma course for natural nutrition. Um, and then when I'm done, I'll be a um, certified holistic nutritionist. So at this point, I'm not seeing anyone as a client because I'm still in school. But my goal is to be, of course, taking on clients and then working with them nutritionally and fitness-wise if that's what they want or just nutritionally. Mm-hmm. So I had that. My goal is to have the whole shebang, right? Mm-hmm. The access for people that want to do the strength training, uh, the access for people who want help nutritional-wise, or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just me from what I've read about what you have out there on you you know, with the, the gut nerd. Because uh, to me, just the information and the knowledge we're getting out about gut bacteria, gut flora, and its relationship to our moods and our mental health. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now, have you learned anything on that that you can speak on? And oh, yeah. Sure. I actually did uh, one of the modules was about mental health and nutrition and how, of course, there's a huge correlation between your mental health and the nutrition, the food that you're eating. Um, and, it, and it can either help or hinder your mental health, mm-hmm. which I found, which I, you know, you kind of know, but you don't know. Yeah. It was very, very eye opening. Yeah. Well, I would assume most people kind of understand that, yeah, if you drink too much alcohol and consume so much sugar and things like that, you aren't going to feel as great, you know, physically and mentally. Yeah. But then there's even deeper layers to this when we get into, okay, when you eat too much sugar and too much alcohol and things like this, it feeds the wrong type of bacteria mm-hmm. that we need in our gut. Yep. And that, you know, those bacteria, if there's if that balance, if they get too many of them and they're too strong, they actually change how we feel and think about things. It's crazy. <laughs> it's true. It's the gut-brain access. And mm-hmm. the gut literally communicates, which you probably already know, with the brain. And like you said, if you have uh, a dysbiosis, so an overgrowth or too much of the pathogenic bacteria, they do. They'll literally communicate with the brain, which is why sometimes if you have those extreme sugar cravings, it's your bacteria yeah. that's saying, hey. Feed me yeah, feed me. They're mm-hmm. screaming out. And it's interesting. With, so within Chinese medicine, the way we look at it is you have... So spleen and stomach are... Emotionally, it's uh, worry, obsession, and overthinking, right? And But with all the main organs, there's certain flavors and those foods with those flavors that help to balance those organs. And so the spleen and stomach, it's the... The, the the sweetness like the craving sweet hmm. so when the spleen and stomach are off our body craves sweetness and so sweet vegetables and sweet fruits tonify and strengthen the spleen and stomach but if we go to those things that are too sweet like sugar and pop and so on then it actually creates a further imbalance it actually weakens because the spleen and stomach were never meant to deal with you know, refined sugar and 
you know, corn syrup and stuff like that. So yeah. We've never seen that in millions of years of evolution. And all of a sudden, we've got sugar on steroids in our system. And that gut bacteria just goes crazy. But this idea that now it's too sweet, it sets the system out of balance. And then the organs cry out again. They're like, I need something sweet to fix this. And then we get caught in the sweet cycle mm-hmm. where we go to the unhealthy stuff because we're craving it. But it's really our body trying to tell us, no, no, I just need the good stuff. I need, you know, sweet potato and, <laughs> yes. you know, rice, you know, all these good things that are going to tonify and strengthen those organs yeah. rather than cause further weakness. Yeah. And then you're, you get it, all that type of food, like that um, highly ultra processed food, there's the whole, um, what is it, it's makes your palate so hypersensitive that, you know, you go to eat the good-for-you food and it's not as tasty because your body has been so used to the hyper-highly-processed food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's almost like, and again, you know, when we research the effect of bacteria, you know, on us, you know, that's a living organism, and in a way, it is messing with our biology and affects, you know, the brain. And it's really sending this message that we think it's coming from us. That, you know, you need to eat that. Yeah, give me more of that. This is what I need. And so when we're trying to kick those habits, mm. we're like, why am I having these feelings? Why am I having these, you know, that is that, you know, uh, toxic stuff in our gut calling out for this and yeah if we don't understand that we think we're just weak yes we think we're <laughs> it know. is true yeah you're yeah. absolutely right yeah i think when it comes to diet things have gotten so out of hand with um you know just what's available to us all the time uh we haven't had enough time in our culture to understand the effect of it and to educate the community on how this how it's so harmful to us what Mm -hmm. we're eating um that you know we're all trying to play catch up and understand what sugar does to us and there's just so much information like there's so much information now you you hear one thing you're like okay i'll do that like just eat all meats carnivore then you got the extreme and i think people get confused because there's so much information and so for me, as a future uh, nutritionist, it, I want to um, you know, meet each person individually, right? So what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for another. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And so how, when you work, of course you haven't started yet, but I'm sure you've done diet plans and other stuff with, in, in fitness training before? I was I did, never did diet plans. Oh, okay. No. okay. No, I did not do that. I was strictly fitness. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sadly. However, you know, I do diet plans for my family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They love it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So, again, you know, with this background, I'm very interested, you know, um, you know, how, how would you, in your previous experience working with clients over the years and so on, you know, how has, how have you seen physical fitness affect someone's mental health? Like you, you get a patient that's, you know, because I'm sure even just 
getting people moving and, you know, get them connect, reconnected with their bodies in and itself helps with mental health. Yes. Any, any experiences or stories? Well, if we're going to go back to COVID, I know that I saw a change in clients once the gyms opened back up. So there was, um, you know, they weren't able to get, leave the house. Um, they, not everyone likes online, right? So there was the option with our gym to do online classes, but that's not what everyone wants to do. People go to the gym. It's also a mental health site, uh, social thing where they want to be at the gym. So yeah. a lot of people or a lot of the clients that I saw when they came back in, or members, I should say, when they came back in, um, there was a decline, I noticed, in their health. So there was weight gain. Mm -hmm. And um, mentally, not as happy, but super happy to be back Mm -hmm. and ready. But it took a big hit on their mental health, the opposite. So that's mm-hmm. what I saw a lot of. Mm-hmm. Now, before, I guess, COVID happened, there was a few members that um, had never done much exercise before. Um, and, you know, over the months that they were, were coming to the gym, they it was a great stress relief for them. They loved it. And it um, just helped them to... Um, I guess, handle their life better mm-hmm. from what they told me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine, you know, we know like in Chinese medicine, there's the, the concept of, you know, if the energy moves, you know, meaning qi or the piezoelectricity in the fascia, if, if it moves, then everything flows and the body heals and the emotions can flow. And when it gets stuck and it's stagnant, then it leads to pain physically and emotionally. And when we don't have, you know, those tools, if we become so accustomed to only doing it at a gym uh, and we stop mm-hmm. or we don't have that community, those connections that would motivate us and, you know, keep us going. Yeah, it has a direct, almost immediate effect on your health. That, that stagnation can set in fairly quickly. And, of course, we know strength gains you lose in a matter of days almost mm-hmm. compared to flexibility which can last for years yeah so yeah it's uh you know and my my background before i got into acupuncture and chinese medicine is i was a fitness trainer and so i worked uh i was a strength training and program coordinator at uh gorge fitness in victoria and so we trained all the and worked with all the the rowing team the national okay, rowing team yes yeah and then i Worked at a Gold's Gym in Calgary for a while. We set up that gym. Was a master trainer for them. Um, and then I managed a uh, personal training department at uh, a World Health Club. And this is all like during my transition in school and everything. But, uh, you know, even before that, just learning those aspects, you know, I'm studying Chinese medicine and how to help these things. But still that concept of, you know, movement and flexibility and diet, it's, you can't ignore those things to help people heal. Mm-hmm. You can help them, you know, short term. You can get those things, you know, better. But if they don't make those changes in their lives, it, most of it just comes back. Yeah. yeah. you got to have both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I 
think um, the mental health aspect and the spiritual and the that part, a lot of people don't focus on, but that's huge too. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. One thing that I've been working a lot with patients with in the last year or so since like COVID has ended, because one habit that came up that really got exasperated with just about everyone from COVID is um, not necessarily, in some cases, people are eating a lot more because of COVID because they're stuck in their house and there wasn't much else to do. Mm-hmm. But the main aspect is the continual snacking. Yeah. And see, one thing that, again, I, um, you know, being in the fitness industry for almost a decade, you know, prior to this, this idea that, oh yeah, you got to eat like a deer. You got to graze all day long. You got to, um, you know, have like six meals and, you know, this, this whole crazy idea that somehow, you know, we have changed in the last 20 or 30 years from how our gut and digestion works from how we've done it for, you know, millions of years prior. And, so I've had all these patients that came in and just this sudden weight gain and hormonal issues because they're spiking insulin all day long. Yes. And so one thing, and again, you know, with myself, having, you know, you have all this information, right? Like you said, like on nutrition and diet, there's so much. And everything contradicts each other and everyone has the answer they think is the best or the perfect diet plan or this or that and you know uh and i've known a lot about about intermittent fasting but with myself about mm, almost a year ago now um i started doing even more research into like long-term water fasts Mm -hmm. and intermittent fasting and so i been reading a lot from Dr. Jason Fung. Um, he's out of Toronto and he specializes in, he's an, he's a endocrinologist, but he, because a lot of stuff that he would see, you know, not only renal fair, but the type two diabetes would come from kidney issues and so on. And through his research, what he found is the best diets and things to help these people were actually fasting. And, and I had done a lot of, you know, like uh, eating with eight hour in an eight hour window or six hour window for a long time. But I had, you know, maybe fasted for a day or two here or there, but had never pushed, you know, for those longer fasts. So I'm like, okay, I've, one, I had gotten up to almost like uh, probably put on about 30 pounds during COVID and that whole experience. And I'm like, I've got to get this fixed for me, but I want to test this out and see if it could work for my patients. And so I did, I started with a five day water fast and then one meal a day on the weekend and then another five day and then one day, one meal a day on the weekend and then a a meal every other day or whatever. So I did this for a month uh, with mixes of these fasts and I dropped 30 pounds and um, been able to keep that off. And it's interesting because as you research kind of how the metabolism works, um, one thing they did that I thought was really interesting is, you know, the biggest loser, mm-hmm. you know, where everyone goes and they work out. they cut their calories extreme and they work out extreme. Mm-hmm. And so one season they actually tested their basal metabolic rate every day through the whole season, mm-hmm. you know, even those that ended up winning. So the whole way through 
And what they found is by the time they finished the show, the top ones, you know, and even the ones, the ones that continue to kind of compete to see what they could lose, their metabolisms were less than a quarter of what they were when they started. So they had lost all this weight. They had gained a lot of muscle, you know, all this, but they're working out five hours a day. They're eating, you know, a third of what they're used to or whatever, right? And then, of course, we know just that, like, one thing about Biggest Losers is they never had um, reunion episodes, <laughs> right? right? Or where are they now? Did they yeah. know where are they now? Yeah, because they don't, because <laughs> all of them put the weight back on. Yes. Because as soon as they start eating normally and exercising normally, their metabolism is in the tank, and they're, it just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And so it just puts all this weight on. So, yes... Cutting calories and increasing exercise will help you. Some people lose weight through a lot of hard work, but it doesn't last. And it just messes with the hormones of the whole system. Um, but whether you have you know, hyperinsulinemia where you're continually spiking insulin all day long, it's that break from insulin that helps people kind of get that reset. And you know, even uh, I think it's like 18 hours into a fast, your metabolism is peaking, human growth hormones way up, you know, all these things. Yeah. And uh, whereas that, so we've been working on this with a lot of patients lately. And it's amazing, you know, uh, one, they can achieve this weight loss without working out. Because, you know, you've got too many things to worry about right now. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you're doing something that, that physical, just move. You know, don't work out. Just move, walk, whatever. But we had one patient. She's been a patient for about 10 years. You know, um, you know, big gal. You know, technically, if you went on body mass index, you'd probably morbidly obese. We issues with weight her whole life. And so six months ago, we're like, okay, this, this, is, a, a ch- this is a chance, you know, that this works. This is how the body works. And kind of, kind of coached her through it and talked about it. And she's like, okay, I'm going to do it. And she's lost 70 pounds already, not working out yeah. one meal a day. You know, she'll do some like a two day fast here and there. She's not starving her body because fasting is not starving. You know, like she's able to access that weight. And now that she's actually Feels good, losing weight, and able to maintain and control this. Feels like she has some power finally. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, my question is like through your reading or, you know, in your program, do they talk about fasting? They have. How? They have. There is mention of uh, intermittent fasting and the benefits. Uh, there's not like a actual module where we where you dive in. So they kind of like cover it briefly mm-hmm. and how it can help. Um, like the benefits of it, right? Autophagy and yeah. uh, help with um, insulin mm-hmm. or metabolic issues, but it, there's no big focus on that. Yeah. So um, I know a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little bit about a lot um, when it comes to uh, nutrition. So, um, yeah, there's lots of benefits to fasting. Mm-hmm. But then again, to play devil's advocate, you're always going to find someone out there that says the opposite. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Yeah. I'm like, what? Come on. Well, and it's like, and especially when we look at how, you know, the system is designed. Like I always, the, 
I like the explanation of the, uh, the two compartment model of weight management. You have your fridge and your freezer. And the fridge is uh, the liver. And so everything you eat gets turned into glycogen and stored in the fridge. And um, that's the, the energy you have for the food in the day. If you eat too much and it doesn't fit in the fridge, it gets put in the deep freeze. And when you're you know, using energy during the day, your body goes to the fridge first and it can't access the fridge, uh, it can't access the deep freeze for energy until you turn off insulin. And so you have to empty the fridge and turn off and not spiking insulin with further food. And then eventually the deep freeze can be unlocked yeah. and we can access that fat for energy. And, you know, when you think about how insulin works and it's such a key hormone that cascades into every hormone after that, that no wonder we're experiencing so many hormonal issues when we have, uh, you know, putting a little bit of, you know, honey in our coffee or butter or whatever everyone's doing now, you know, they're adding these little bit of calories here and there. Mm. And one thing that I discovered myself, uh, um, I learned the hard way <laughs> is I did one five day fast and I didn't lose any weight. And I was like so frustrated and I was feeling crappy all week or when I had done another one, I felt really great. Lots of energy, lots of focus. But I had tried to use a non-calorie sweetener in my water to just get different taste. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But all of those sweeteners, although they don't have calories, they spike insulin. Mm -hmm. And so that even though you're not consuming calories, you're you're they still you know trigger insulin and mess with the liver that whole time. So here I was, I was starving, not fasting, because I was still spiking, you know, insulin. And my whole system just didn't know what the mm -hmm. hell to do. Well, isn't it. that, was another a podcast I listened to, um, where they're talking about, even if you're not ingesting sugar, any, any of those um, substitutes, your body doesn't know the difference. Mm -hmm. If it's sweet, it assumes, oh, yeah. sugar. So it still releases yeah. whatever hormones or mm -hmm. glucose into yeah. the body. Yeah. It's crazy. The, because your body is going to go off. So it's in your mouth. Yeah. You have the taste. Yep. So now all of those, you know, the saliva recognizes. So now you're releasing, you know, all those things in the gut, all the yeah. acids, the livers being active. All those things are still being activated. Mm -hmm even though it doesn't have calories. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't think enough people understand that. And so if you're like drinking Diet Coke all day or you're Crystal Light or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. and you're wondering, why do I still feel crappy? I'm working so hard. You know, I'm eating the way I'm supposed to. And I'm like, I had one patient, she, she discovered intermittent fasting on her own. And she was eating without a window, but every morning she'd have coffee with honey. Mm -hmm. And she thought she was still fasting. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're doing so good, but the reason you're not getting results is this one thing. And so she made the change, uh, and this just a few weeks ago, and already, oh, now it's working. You know, yeah. But there's 
all these little things. And again, because like you said, there's so much noise around what to do. There that is. Everyone gets confused. Oh, especially, like you said, intermittent fasting. There's so much. Well, there's different types of fasts. And really, I think if someone wants to intermittent fast, they should definitely have someone like yourself who's got the knowledge, who's done it, to actually help them. Mm-hmm. Or else I think it's a lot harder. Yeah. Well, and it's, again, it's, it's an area that the research was there. Mm-hmm. Like some of the best research on fasting was done in Canada uh, quite some time ago. There's a lot of new research that's coming out and it's, it's getting there. Like there's whole institutes, uh, trying to remember the name of the institute in Switzerland where all they focus on is fasting and the results they get for people. It's pretty cool. Do they talk about um, women in fasting? Because I know, was it another podcast? Uh, I can't remember. Probably a podcast. Um, where, was she a doctor? She's talking about fasting, but doing it in a, um, in in tune with a woman's cycle. Mm-hmm. So you don't do it the same. Yeah. Depending on where you are in your cycle. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Because, especially, you know, I think the benefits that you get, um, you know, mentally and emotionally from a fast would be ideal kind of maybe leading up. Like, I don't, I don't know what protocol she's using or recommending, but if you could take insulin out of the equation, you know, during your ovulation and menstrual phase of your cycle, and the body could just focus on that hormone, yeah. you know, or, you know, at those times to just mm-hmm. kind of clean things up and make it less messy and busy for the body. Yeah. Because insulin in itself... You know, we see how it affects so many other hormones that if you could, you know, turn it off completely or reduce those spikes mm-hmm. uh, at certain times of the month. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to remember things. exactly how. Because in, in Chinese medicine, we look at it as uh, the liver's responsible for the smooth flow of the cycle. Mm-hmm. And we know how much the liver's involved with insulin and, you know, glycogen and all of that, that if the liver's really stagnant and it's not flowing all over, it's overworked or it's a fatty liver because you're spiking insulin so much, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, you know, that's where those, uh, a lot of the cramping, uh, the anger and irritability and everything comes from that imbalance in the liver. It's fascinating. I'd love to find out what that is. And, uh, and sure. I know there's, you know, the luteal the phase and the ovulatory phase mm-hmm. and... I can't remember which, I think you, when you're, I can't remember when you do what fast, you kind of lay off the fasting, I think the closer you get to your your, your menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. and then once you're past your menstrual cycle, then you go deeper into fasts. Yeah. Mm. And I think it'd be interesting too, because I would make some of those choices based off of where their pain is, where they have the most problems. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's pain after a cycle, in Chinese medicine, we look at it as blood deficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's pain during the cycle, it's liver. If it's pain before, it's blood stasis. And mm-hmm. so there's other, you know, symptoms and things that we see that show up to confirm that. But, yeah, there could definitely be times where that would be beneficial. 
So, so fascinating. All of it's so fascinating. And then there's seed cycling. You remember that? Yeah, I have. I had a, a patient brought that up to me not too long ago, and then I looked into it. It was very interesting. So, like, certain seeds that yeah. that uh, encourage a certain omega. Uh, so, the oils and the fatty acids and how they benefit the hormones during yeah. different times of the month. And so, you'll eat a specific seed during yeah. different times. You grind it. There's yeah. a seed cycling, or I literally just read about this. You could do, so... Um, like at the beginning of your cycle, you have higher estrogen, right? Mm-hmm. And then mid-cycle to till you get your period, till you get your men's menses, it's progesterone. So the first day of your cycle, today fourteen, you take flaxseed oil, and that helps support estrogen. And then day fifteen, till you get your cycle again, you take evening primrose oil. oil. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, and that's to help, again, support those two hormones. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. That's fascinating. I'm going to try that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But really, honestly, like, there's so much, you know, uh, so many women out there that have painful or irregular cycles. Mm. Like, what's fascinating with acupuncture, I can usually correct it in one or two cycles. But to work with someone, you know, dietarily and, you know, work with things like that. It's fascinating because, you know, there's so many aspects of it that affect, you know, us mentally and hormonally that if we can correct that okay. long term and find that thing. Because I think one of the reasons, too, why there's so much noise out there is because there's so many different people. So you're going to try something and that's going to work for you. And the other thing, too, is, you know, that might be what's working for you right now. And so later on, that's you know, not yes. working for me. So then you find something else. And those are dependent on where you are in your life and your mental state and how much time you have. And yes. there's so many aspects. So to say that there's one perfect diet, you know, yes. it's just not true. It is so not true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Diet used to be so much simpler, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand years ago <laughs> because you only had three or four food staples to, to, to work with, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, again, just like the internet has too much information, we have too much choice with food. Yeah. And because of that, then you can, you know, have an abundance of, you know, one area of food, but be deficient in another area. And that's why we have people that are obese, but nutritionally deficit. Yeah. You know, they're overweight, but they're incredibly, you know, they're getting a ton of nutrition, but no nutrition. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it sounds like a paradox, but it's very true. Yes. Yeah. So you're going to be a presenter at the, at the Foothills Wellness Retreat. And I'm curious what, you know, you're doing a session as well. I am. What are you, what are you going to be presenting on? I'm just keeping it to the basics. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about the digestive system and the hormones associated with the digestive system. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, what can I present that people know about but may not know enough about mm-hmm. and just keep it simple? Yeah. So I was like, well, the digestive system and the hormones associated with the digestive system because you got to have those hormones working properly, as you know, in order for the digestive system to work properly. But you also got to have the digestive system working properly mm-hmm. for the hormones related to the digestive system. Yeah. So I was just keeping it to the basics. 
gonna try and make it interesting and informative and then you know see what happens mm -hmm. that should be a really fun experience I, um, yeah, I've known Lisa for oh, probably a couple of years now and or probably longer than that and you know when this idea when she presented this to me I'm like oh that's brilliant I think it's a lot of fun to just pull together the community of you know practitioners and professionals here in the community and you know not only is it beneficial for the community to kind of get a little taste of everything yeah that weekend but to see what's available in the community and i'm excited about the connections it's gonna draw for you know all of us as presenters and professionals in the community to get to know what's out there and who's there to refer to and, and support mm -hmm. and all of that stuff yes because I mean, I've been here four years, and, um, you know, it would be nice to get to know other um, businesses, right, that mm -hmm. are kind of speaking my language, yeah. right? <laughs> refer, like like you said, to refer to, mm -hmm. to work together, because that's the whole point, right? Yeah. And so if someone's listening to this right now, and they're like, she's cool, I want to work with her, <laughs> Where? how do they get yes, a hold? please work with me. <laughs> How One do, day. Yeah, how do they get a hold of you for the strength training classes? Well, I do talk about it on my Instagram page. Okay. The Gut Nerd. Or at The Gut Nerd. Mm -hmm. I also have a Facebook page, The Gut Nerd. So, like in my link tree, you mm -hmm. can sign up to my mailing list. Um, and then I just send updates there if I have a special going on. I actually do have a special for September. So, if you sign up to become a member, you get the first month um, half off, so the first two weeks free. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a good class. You, build, you, you will build muscle. I promise. Good. <laughs> I promise. And that's all from home. <laughs> it's all from home. Okay. I would like to eventually, in the future, do in-person classes. Like my, I'm starting small. My goal is to have somewhere to teach like in-person classes and again offer the nutrition side too, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to help people um, diet-wise and moving of your body-wise, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But like you've said, nutrition is where you lose the weight. Mm -hmm. it, not so much, like the fitness component is a great addition, but you don't need that to lose the weight mm -hmm. that's like this that's like what 20 percent and 80 percent is yeah what you put in your body yeah yeah i think you know if you're looking to lose weight you know for, you know fasting nutrition is is the way to do it if you're looking to be an athlete you know yeah. then yeah then go do that yeah but if you're just looking to be healthy be stronger be able to move be able to age well yes you know those are, I think, you know, you're the ticket to get that, yeah. you know, that knowledge and just to keep it up. Yes, I and think strength training, women need to build muscle, especially the older you get. Like, let ladies take a strength training class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of people, they look at it as I'm, you know, I'm getting old. I lose muscle when I get old. That's mm -hmm. just the facts. When that's completely false. You know, yet because when we strength train, we release more 
human growth horm hormone, we get stronger. Um, when we fast for 18 hours, our human growth hormone goes up 100 times. Like, and it doesn't matter how old we are. You know, if we're doing the right things, yep. our body can get strong. We can gain strength in our senior years. We can be stronger and healthier than we've ever been. This fact that, oh, I'm old, I'm going to give up. And I'll get patients in and they'll tell me, oh, don't grow old or, you know, or this mm -hmm. or that. I'm like, I, I plan on aging. We can't, you know, get away from aging. Yeah. But I'm not going to get old. Yeah. And I think old is that choice where you're like, oh, this movement's a little hard now. I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm. Or that's just too much work. Or you're sitting too much. Or, you know, you just... you. You stop doing things because I'm old. I'm not supposed to do that anymore. You know, yeah. if you are, you know, there's certain movements that we should all continue to do throughout our whole life. You know, flexibility connected to our longevity is massive. Yes. You know, um, can you get up off the floor without using your hands? Mm -hmm. Can you, how's your balance? You know, all these things that we take for granted and we let slowly deteriorate in our older years, just because we, in our heads, think, oh, they just deteriorate no matter what. They don't think they can stop it or decrease it or even improve mm -hmm. upon their strength. Yeah. yeah. And how you treat your body when you're younger will come back to bite you in the butt. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Especially when she hit 40. Yeah. <laughs> or up right so anyone listening who's young take care of your body don't drink too much okay yeah <laughs> be good to your liver yeah <laughs> it's and true it, and of course we've seen you know that, that report that just came out the study they did on alcohol and cancer that was just released last week i have not read that yeah where basically uh three plus drinks a week oh okay is just uh you know it's Contribution to cancer is incredible. Yeah. And once you get over five weeks, five drinks a week, you're basically just brewing cancer in your body. And this information has been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they try to put out on labels in the Northwest Territories on all alcohol. Really? Kind of like they do with cigarettes. Yeah. And alcohol sales drop so much in the Northwest Territories because of that, that the liquor lobby... Wow. Went in and basically said, "You're killing us. You can't do this." And then the health and you know all those in charge of it backed out, and they stopped it. So now there's discussion with this new report and everything that those same things we should be doing the same things we do with uh, cigarettes. We should be doing with alcohol. And of course, I'm a huge cannabis advocate, mm -hmm. and you know we're seeing that there's a lot of people that are switching. From alcohol to cannabis and you know whether that's uh, for pain for anxiety for sleep you know? Mm -hmm. you know people who just have a bottle of wine before bed to get to sleep or or whatever and how it's just destroying their bodies but um, whereas cannabis you can't overdose I think it is you have to consume what was it like a, th a third of your body weight of cannabis at once for it to be fatal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's like you eating, what, like 
you know, 30, 40 pounds of cannabis. <laughs> like it, it just yeah. can't happen. Yeah. So it is a much healthier alternative mm-hmm. um, if you're looking to, you know, <laughs> get those those benefits either way. Yeah. And it's non-addictive, you know. Um, emotionally, it can be if you're using it to escape. Yeah, yeah. But the substance of health self isn't addictive. Yeah. But it's interesting, like, again, that's why it's important that we, you know, Search these things out, go to professionals, find yes. those things that we can find, you know, what's going to be best for me and my situation and what I'm experiencing. Yes. And like you said, individual, everyone's biochemistry is so individual. What's going to work for one person isn't going to work for another, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And where your headspace is. Yes. You know, so, so some true. people need to start a little slow. Yes. But they don't need too much information. It's yes. just like, okay, this week you're going to focus on this one thing. Yes. That's it. Well, because it's overwhelming. Yeah. And I think that's what happens is everyone, they have all this information, they mm-hmm. do everything at once. Mm-hmm. They give up. And then because they can't do everything at once and they fail. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it. I tried. Well, you're not supposed to solve everything at once, you know? Yeah. That's baby or, steps. Or if they don't have that knowledge so i'm going to use my um father-in-law for an example he smokes and drinks and isn't the healthiest and he's been to his doctor and his doctors basically tells him all these things he needs to do to get healthy well you know he's been living that lifestyle for 60 plus years Mm -hmm. and you you know the doctor telling him you need to do this 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 and this it's just overwhelming he's never done that Mm -hmm. so he would need he needs help with that yeah and he has to want it which he doesn't want Mm -hmm. so but if he wanted it he'd need to see someone who could break that down for him and be like okay today you're gonna drink an extra glass of water starting right and start from there Mm -hmm. So I think for a lot of people, getting healthy is just so overwhelming. They don't even know where to start. And then that's when they get sucked into the, um, uh, how do I say this nicely? You know, the the companies that promise things in four weeks, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Take all these products, take these shakes, and in four weeks you'll be all healed and all better. Yeah. Right, and that's just not how no. the body works. No. <laughs> right. That's well, good. But like you said, it's that you know it just goes back to those fundamentals, step at a time. Yes. You know, that's why your I think your message at the retreat is going to be fantastic, and a lot of people really enjoy it's just that. Simple. To just get that It'll in. Be simple. Yeah, get that knowledge <laughs> and get a good foundation on yes. what to do next. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then I'll probably end my presentation with some tips like lifestyle and um, nutrition things that you could do that day Mm -hmm. won't cost you a penny and uh, so you're in school currently when do you finish the program Uh, next year October okay now I do like with with this course Mm -hmm. right um, I have case studies so I have eight case studies I have to do I've done three so then I do uh, five more and then they grade two of them and then I have to do a follow-up with two. So I, you know, if someone is looking for um, some nutritional help, they could be a case study of mine mm-hmm. if they want it. I think I have two more spaces. Okay. That exciting. if people wanted to get nutritional assistance mm-hmm. 
free of charge. Yeah. <laughs> well, For now. Yeah. Well, we'll put you um, your Facebook and Instagram links right in the description of the podcast. Okay. okay? That's so lovely. people can find you that way. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks. This well, was fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, and everyone, you you can meet us both at the wellness retreat on October 1st and 2nd of this year. Yes, yes. And thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. Right. Okay. <laughs>